0: Are you familiar with the old hymn by Charles Wesley called Come Thou Long Expected Jesus? We've sung it. It's been a little while. It was early in the Christmas season. Roland was so kind as to make a copy of it for each of you. If you don't have one, we can get one for you. Is there anybody who doesn't have one? Okay, Denise doesn't have one. I think there are extras in the back and okay, Rollins got you covered. All right, let's I want you to read through this with me as I read it out loud. Okay? It says Come, thou long expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins, release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art. Dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. And verse 2, born thy people to deliver Born a child, yet a king, born to reign in us forever, now thy gracious kingdom bring. By thine own eternal spirit, rule in all our hearts alone. By thine all sufficient merit, raise us to thy glorious throne. It's beautiful words. Written by Charles Wesley in 1744. They've been around a little while. I was thinking as as I've gone through this Christmas season about the idea of expectations and desires, wants, wishes, needs. Um, we watched It's a Wonderful Life as a Family and we watched um, Charlie Brown Christmas and and both of them kind of have this theme of of having a desire in life, and it not quite being fulfilled, and being left wanting. George Bailey in "It's a Wonderful Life" um, it comes to multiple points where you know he's he's going, "I'm going to travel the world," you know, talks about what he wants, right? And he's excited, but it never happens. And his desires almost come to the point of. Shattering everything because they're not being fulfilled, and Charlie Brown Christmas is a little like that, right? He he said, "I, I just feel blue. I, I feel glum. I, I don't know, Linus." And and there's all this commercialism. What is Christmas all about anyway? And and it just it's letting me down, you know. And I don't know if you can relate to those. I think so because those are two films that have really stood the test of time. Even even though, you know, the It's a Wonderful Life was kind of a flop in the beginning, we still watch it today. And Charlie Brown Christmas was something that nobody really expected to take off. It's full of jazz and goofy little cartoon kids with large heads. And yet they continue to be watched, don't they? You know, we, we all have expectations regarding life don't we? But even if all we want in life is fulfilled, it still leaves us wanting. Even if George Bailey got everything he desired, it wouldn't have satisfied. Christmas is a time of expectation, isn't it? When I was a little kid, and I was i was an only child. I still am an only child. <laughs> Unless my parents haven't told me something. Um, but, I, you know, as an only child, my parents did a pretty good job of trying to mitigate that. But Christmas was one of those where my mom and dad kind of went all out. And, and uh, my mom would always ask, well, John, what do you want for Christmas? And, of course, this year's catalog, they called it the wish book. And it was like, like that thick? Does anybody remember that? It's huge, and that would come find its way in our mailbox, and I looked forward to that, and I would scour it and circle things. And so, when my mom said, "What do you want for Christmas?" I had some ideas of what I desired, and then I had some expectations about what I might get. And uh, you know, I often did get what I asked for. And I remember I was probably around 10 or so, maybe 11, and starting to realize okay, I, I got the thing I wanted, but why do I feel empty inside? Why does this feel hollow? I have had these expectations about what I was gonna get and what I was gonna do with it and how much joy it would bring into my life, and yet it all kind of fell flat. And then I had additional feelings of guilt because here's this thing I asked for, and my parents got for me, and now I'm feeling disenchanted by it, and so now I feel guilty by it because of my own thoughts. Can anybody relate to that? Okay, I'm not alone, good. (laughs) It's good to to be among good company. It is interesting that oftentimes the things we want leave us wanting. Does that make sense? The things we want often leave us wanting. And so, why is that? This seems like this is kind of, I mean, if I'm saying this and you all agree and we've got movies that have stood the test of time and they kind of capitalize on this idea, it seems to be a human thing, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. We have internal desires that drive us to seek the fulfillment of our wants, to meet our expectations, and yet we are constantly disappointed by those. The Bible has a lot to say about that. The book of James says... You ask and you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend what you request on your pleasures. Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, wrote a lot about this in Ecclesiastes. Just a snippet of what he said. He says, And whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I... Kept my heart from no pleasure. For my heart found pleasure in all my toil, and this was my reward for all my toil. And then I considered all that my hands had done and the toil I had expended in doing it, and behold, all was vanity and a striving after the wind. Have you ever tried to grab the wind? It doesn't work. Does it? That's what he's getting at. And there was nothing to be gained under the sun. We tend to make Christmas about what we want. And we find that like Solomon, it's all vanity and striving after the wind. But it's because we're thinking wrongly about Christmas. Christmas. And that's why it often leaves us wanting. Christmas is about meeting a need we didn't know that we had and fulfilling a want we didn't even desire. Did you catch that? Romans 3, 10, 11, Paul says, As it is written, none is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks God, See, that's the problem. What we actually need, no one's looking for. We're all looking for love in the wrong places, aren't we? We're lost. Lost, looking for fulfillment of desire and expectation and all the wrong things. But Jesus came to seek and save the lost, as it says in the book of Luke. I want to go through the lyrics that we read when we started on Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. And, you know, Charles Wesley didn't just think these were great lyrics that could be put to rhyme and melody and therefore enjoyable for people to sing. He had a lot of foundation for these words. And I want to go through the scripture verses where he pulled these lines from. Let's look at it. Because every bit of it is getting at the thing we, as humans, didn't know we desired and didn't know we needed, which is Jesus Christ himself. So, verse 1, it says, Come thou long-expected Jesus. What's that about? Luke 2 38 says, At that very moment, she came up and began giving thanks to God and continued to speak of him to all those who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. So, speaking about Anna in the temple, when Jesus is brought, and she and others are expecting the Messiah, he's been expected by the nation of Israel. The song goes on to say, Born to set thy people free, from our fears and sins, release us. Hebrews 2 14 and 15 say, Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook the same. Okay, so let's just break this down. The children, humanity, he himself, Jesus Christ. He also took on flesh and blood because we are of flesh and blood. That through death He might render powerless Him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. He came to set us free. Let us find our rest in Thee. Thee being Jesus. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 3, and tag on verse 10 says, For we who have believed enter that rest, just as he said, As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. For the one who has entered his rest has himself also rested from all things as God did from His. For those who believe in Jesus, we can enter rest with Him because of His righteousness. The song goes on, Israel's strength and consolation. In Luke 2.25, Simeon is watching for the Messiah just like Anna is. And it says... And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. Joel 3.16 says, The Lord also shall roar out of Zion and utter His voice from Jerusalem, and the heavens and the earth shall shake, but the Lord will be the hope of His people and the strength of the children of Israel. You're noticing a theme in this? Everything that's meeting human need and desire is Jesus. Amen. Let's keep going. Hope of all the earth, thou art. Matthew 12, 18-21. Behold my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit on him, and he shall proclaim justice to the Gentiles. He will Not quarrel, nor cry out, nor will anyone hear his voice from the streets. A battered reed he shall not break off, and a smoldering wick he will not put out until he leads justice to victory. And in his name the Gentiles will hope. This isn't just a Jewish thing. It's for everybody. He's the hope of all the earth. The song goes on, Dear desire of every nation, Haggai 2.7 prophesied long before Jesus came, it says, And I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house with glory, said the Lord of hosts. Joy of every longing heart, the song goes on. First Peter 1, 8 through 9 says, And though you have not seen him, you love Him. And though you do not see Him now, but believe in Him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. Verse 2 continues, saying, Born thy people to deliver. Isaiah 9, 6 for a child will be born to us. A son will be given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. In John eighteen, thirty-seven. Therefore Pilate said to him, so you are a king? And Jesus answered, you say correctly that I am a king. For this I have been born. And for this I have come into the world to testify to the truth. And everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. The song continues. Born to reign in us forever, now thy gracious kingdom bring. 1 John 4.9 by this the love of God was manifested to us, sorry, in us. That God sent His only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In Revelation eleven fifteen it says, Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of His Christ and He will reign forever and ever. By Thine own eternal Spirit rule in all our hearts alone. Jeremiah 31-33 says, But this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel in those days declares the lord i will put my law within them and on their heart i will write it and i will be their god and they shall be my people in colossians 3:15 let the peace of christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful the last two lines of the song go by thine all sufficient merit raise us to thy glorious throne Ephesians 2, 4-7 through 7 say, But God, being rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And He raised us, us, with Him, and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the ages to come He might show the surpassing riches of His grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. The Westminster Shorter Catechism says that the chief end of man is to love God and enjoy Him forever. Christ came to bring joy. Joy to those who have peace with God the Father through Christ's own sacrifice on the cross. Christmas is is about desire and expectation. But it's about reframing the focus of our desire and expectation off of the things that so easily entangle us in the sin that is around us and in us and puts it on the face of Christ Jesus. He's the one that changes our hearts, allows us to know the Father... He cleanses us of our sin, gives us His righteousness, and gives us a hope of being with Him for eternity. What a joyful, joyful expectation. What a joyful focus of desire. Now, even if you're a Christian, sometimes we lose sight of this, don't we? I know I do. I get caught up in the, uh, the shiny baubles of the Sears catalog of today. Whatever that might be, those things get bigger and more expensive as we get older. And they disappoint every bit as much. So if you're a Christian... And you find yourself being disillusioned or dissatisfied with the things of the world. And by the way, that can also be pleasing people. That can be relational. It can be political. It can be a lot of things that disappoint us. If you find yourself in that place, come back to your first love. Put your focus back on Jesus. Let Christmas, as we think on this little baby in the manger, not lose sight of the cross that he's headed toward and what that means for us. Because that is, he is, the one who satisfies every desire. If you don't know Jesus, if you're sitting here thinking, well, I know about him, but uh," I encourage you. We are all bankrupt. We are all poor in spirit. We have nothing to offer. The Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags. There is nothing we can do to make ourselves right enough with God. There is no comparison in saying, well, I'm better than that guy. By the way, there's also the opposite, which is true, where you can't say, well, God doesn't know how bad I am. He couldn't love me. Neither of those are true views of God's grace, which He lavished on us in Jesus Christ. Come to Him. Saying, I have nothing to offer. I have nothing to give. I come lacking and in need. I need Jesus. I need Him to pay for my debt of sin. It is the only way I can know You, Lord. And I believe that He did it. So if you find yourself in that place today, I encourage you, come talk to me, talk to Roland, find somebody, talk to James. At least stop and pray in the quietness of your heart if you go home today, go, Lord, I'm poor in spirit. I've got nothing. I need Jesus. I know you are the source of everything. Please become my desire. Fulfillment of the only desire and expectation that matters is Jesus Christ himself. Amen. Well, let's close in prayer and then we'll, uh, we'll sing joy to the world. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for your son Jesus. Lord, we ask that you would help us to keep our desire and our focus on him Lord, that we would live in light of this precious gift that you gave every moment of every day that our gaze and our focus would be fixed. Lord, that it would influence how we relate with the people around us, how we love, how we interact in business dealings, that there would be no area of our lives in which the love of Christ does not have its effect. And Lord, that you would be greatly glorified in us because of your son's work. So Lord, we ask these things. We're so grateful for Christmas in which we can stop and remember this gift that you've given. We are eternally grateful. Amen.